0: It's game day, ladies and gentlemen. The season opener is here. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens to go toe-to-toe tonight at Scotiabank Arena. Dave and I will preview that game, give you our three keys to victory, and we're going to go over our season-long over-and-under predictions for the Toronto Maple Leafs. All that more coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Hello, and welcome into the Locked On Leaves podcast, a daily Maple Leaf podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co host, Dave Morisuti. Today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and with the promo code Locked On NHL, get up to $100 on a price match up of your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms and use for details. We've made it, Dave. We've made it through the offseason. We've made it through the preseason. It all starts tonight, buddy. Leaves Habs. You excited?
1: I'm going to be in the building, so of course I'm going to be excited.
0: Let's go. big Dave getting himself some ticks. You up top?
1: Uh, I am in the Ford fan deck. My sister is... My, I you always find a way to get those tickets. My, for this me. is my sister, man. I'm gonna give her all the credit, man. She is relentless. If she sees the opportunity to go and get free tickets, she goes right for it. Um, she had to do like some sort of like video to enter to get like she went through all these hoops that I definitely would not have gone through to get these tickets. And she sends me a message saying, I got the tickets, and I'm like, come again. <laughs> so, first ever home opener, I'll be at this is I'm actually excited about this because home openers are supposed to be like the game to go to other than the Saturday night game.
0: Yeah. Like I remember I went to the home opener last year and it was really cool getting to watch, you know, the players skate out and do all the introductions. And, you know, this year you got a bunch of new players and some, you know, it's kind of a new era in Leafland, right? It's, it's funny. I was having a conversation with somebody today about this game and it just feels like usually there's a lot more, I don't know, anxiousness and anxiety with the Maple Leafs. Do you get the sense that that isn't necessarily here as much? Like, I don't know if it's because the regime change, because, you know, the the team is different or what it is, because they finally won a playoff round last year, got that monkey off the back. But it just doesn't feel like there's as much angst going into this season as usual.
1: Yeah, because I maybe there's not as many... Yeah, because the whole idea of not winning a playoff round was hanging over this team for so long. I know they lost in the second round, but like that was a major hurdle, mental hurdle yeah. that they had to overcome as a group. And maybe just the vibe is different with this team too. I feel like there it is. There's a, definitely a, a different mix. Brad living obviously, he's he's more of a a guy that works in the background don't it doesn't feel like he has to be in the foreground as much, right? Like he's kind of doing his thing, putting the onus on the players, as per I mean Kyle Dubas did too. I'm not saying that, but like it does feel different with this with this group, and you know, getting that first playoff round was good, but I, I think there's just an appetite for more. Once you taste that first round win, like I don't know how these guys wouldn't want to say. Let's go all the way and seeing how Vegas is doing their ceremony tonight.
0: Kick ass like, ceremony, by the way, like that the slot machine they brought out on the that was pretty uh, sick. I'll yeah, get, that was pretty like that. That was Vegas, man. That was Vegas, and like the coins ended up, uh, you know they they show the coins all over the ice. Yeah, uh, I thought that it was a really cool banner raising ceremony that the the Golden Knights had, and like the least, they want to do that at some point, and they're paying all these players to eventually. Hopefully get that opportunity to put on that badass of uh, a cup banner raising. Uh, Maybe, maybe this is the year, but in order to get to a Stanley Cup final, you got to take it one game at a time. So without further ado, Dave, let's get right into game one of 82 and hopefully many, many more as the Toronto Maple Leafs will get set to host the Montreal Canadiens on uh, home ice tonight. Um, really quickly, I guess some, some house cleaning news, Noah Gregor, that signing is now official. That was made official yesterday. So Noah Gregor will be in the lineup, uh, tonight. And that meant that Easton Cowan was sent down in order to make, uh, make that happen. And also Bobby McMahon placed on waivers as well. So, uh, you know, I'll keep my eyes peeled to the waiver wire at 2 PM to see if whether or not Bobby McMahon could clear. I hope he can, because I think that he's a really good, depth piece for this team that they're going to need at some point through this season. But Noah Gregor signed his contract, had a great camp. We all knew that it was really just a formality, but it happened, and he's expected to be in the opening night lineup tonight. And uh, with that, Dave, why don't we pull up what the lines looked like in practice today and what is the projected lineup for Opening night. It's not dissimilar to what we've seen over the course of the last few days, but now I guess since there's actually a game to preview, we can kind of look them look them over once again. Or for those who maybe are just returning, you know, because the real stuff starts and you haven't really been watching the show or watching what's been going going on in practice, this is what the lineup is going to look like for the Maple Leafs as they take on the Habs. You got Bertuzzi with Matthews and Marner, Domi with Tavares and William Nylander, not at center because Fraser Minton made the team, the 19-year-old, last year's second-round pick. He will center line with Matthew Nyes and Callie Yarncroke. And then, as noted, Noah Gregor right there on the fourth line alongside David Camp and uh, Ryan Reeves. And then, obviously, the extras were McMahon and Cowan, who were sent down after practice today and uh, are no longer with the team. Um Morgan Riley and TJ Brody, the blue line, uh, the top pair, McCabe and Klingberg, who uh, should be good to go for the game uh, tonight. So that'll be your second pair. And then Gio and Lilligren will be the third pair with Ilya Samsonov getting a start in goal. Um, Dave, like how much stronger does this opening night lineup look when you compare it to the one we saw last season, if you could think back that far?
1: Well, thank you for reminding me of Dennis Malgam being on this opening night roster last year. Yeah, right there at the to win,
0: top six, buddy, top six. He was in the top six last year.
1: It, it pains me to remember that I was actually what they went with in that as their as their top six. Like we're, I think it's the good thing is it's a more established lineup. Like we're not betting on you know, a Dennis Malkin to potentially be a good top six guy, right? We know that Tyler Bertuzzi is going to be a good top six guy. Max Domi has proven to be a decent contributor, better contributor than Dennis Malga was so far in his career. So I, I do think that, but what I like, especially this year, and we've talked about it quite a bit, but I think it needs to be re-emphasized is the bottom six is not neglected. Yeah, you can say the fourth line, you know, with Reeves and Noah Gregor and camp, I think that's going to be a bit of a work in progress and filling at that identity. But that third line of Nyes, Minton and Yarncroft, I'm very excited to see because that's not a line that you <laughs> like. That's not a line you just throw out there just to eat minutes. That's a line that's going to do some damage if they get the right matchups. And with this being obviously a home game, they're going to get that favorable matchup, too. That's right.
0: That's right. And, you know, I was looking into the numbers and um, the, the Leafs have won four straight against the Habs on home ice. And in those four games, the Habs have only scored five goals in total in those last four meetings. So, you know, Toronto's done a pretty good job keeping the Habs at bay when they're in Toronto, when they're in Montreal pretty much the opposite story so it's funny so far over the course of the last eight meetings between these two the home team has been able to to win the game so uh, hopefully that trend continues tonight and the Leafs can win their home opener um go ahead
1: just a reminder this was the Leafs pretty much their open night lineup from last year
0: yeah I mean that—that's what we're talking about here. Bunting is—I don't. Can you pull up both so we get a side by side? Is that possible? Do we have the capabilities to do that? Uh, Give me a second. Do
1: do that. So give me a sec.
0: Because if you—if you like do it side by side, I think it's just—it's a lot easier to look at it and say, okay, yeah, this year's team definitely deeper. And I think it's even you start right up top. Like Tyler Bertuzzi is a better player than Michael Bunting. That is for sure. A bonafide upgrade, and then you look at the second line. Max Domi is a bonafide upgrade over Dennis Mulligan. right? And then you've got Matthew nice an upgrade to Pierre Engvall. Kerfoot, okay, he's definitely more of an established piece than Fraser Minton is. But if Minton can be a a solid, you know, third line center who could play, you know, solid two way game, I think you like that out of the, out of that kid. So um, here it is. Here's what we're looking at now. The 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 side-by-side even the fourth line remember nicholas abe kubel that didn't last very long uh so now you've got kind of noah gregor filling in for for zach Aston reese and they've got ryan reeves who i'll reserve judgment but he brings a different element at the very least and defensively yeah i mean even defensively i know muzzin and mckay like muzzin not being there definitely sucks like Muzzin I think is a better player than McCabe but Klingberg overhaul that could turn out to to benefit this team and I like what Lillinger did towards you know points of last season where I I think that he is an upgrade uh potentially to what this team needs of their uh third pair as you know opposed to what Sandin could bring so I think that you look at tonight's opening night lineup compared to a year ago's opening night lineup Maple Leafs superiorly better
1: Yeah, and I totally forget too that William Nealander had to play on his off wing because Malga was a right winger too. Like, that does make a difference. Some people will say, ah, some wingers like being on their off wing. I think Nealander would probably prefer to be on his right side. But, like, things like, like little differences like that. But I totally agree. Like, the guys they have let go and who was brought in, for the most part, you could be seen as upgrades. Ryan Reeves, obviously, there's other guys. I, I, we can beat that as much as possible. We know that probably there's a lot of other guys you would put over but he's But
0: he's here for a reason, right? He's yeah. here for a specific reason. It's not to be the best player on the ice. It's not to be, you know, a defensive specialist. It's not to be a goal scorer. He's here to do one thing and, and one thing only, and that's, you know, be a physical force when he's out there and then also be a good guy in the locker room. And, hey, maybe that is somewhat – you know, a reason for why it seems like there's less anxious uh anxiety within this group. Maybe Ryan Reeves has quieted the nerves within that locker room and he's brought something to the table. So, you know, although he's not going to be racking up the amount of goals that, you know, you've, you've come to expect from a lot of players from Toronto. Um, you know, I guess you could say that there is a role for a guy, you know, that, that plays the way that he does. Uh, all right, Dave, let's, um, let's take a quick break. When we get back, let's get into our keys to victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. Uh, But before we do, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and it's our good friends over at Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here. The Leafs uh, have the season that we've been yearning for. I absolutely love the NHL, and I know that you do too. That's why I want to tell you all about the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, and it's my go-to for daily fantasy sports, and especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win a hundred times your cash on daily fantasy. Use the promo code Locked On NHL, and you'll get up to a hundred dollars of a match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See sleeper's terms and use for details. Today's show is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with licensed therapists and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, slash, uh, .com slash Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morisuti with me. It's opening night for the Toronto Maple Leafs down at Scotiabank Arena. My friend Dave gonna be down in attendance and uh, we're breaking things down here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from uh, including up on YouTube as well. We've got content coming out to you guys each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So if you're new, you just stumbled upon us and you want to make sure that you are staying up to date up to the minute on what's going on with the Maple Leafs. Make sure that you're locked into the Lockdown Leafs podcast. podcast. Uh, all right. Tonight, Leafs and Habs colliding down at Scotiabank arena. Uh, we like to do this ahead of each and every game. Uh, it's our three keys to victory for the Maple Leafs. Dave, Give me one of your keys here tonight.
1: Uh, Watch out for the leaf killers. That is Josh Anderson, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Like if there are three guys that have been thorns in the leaf side, it's those three individuals. Yep.
0: One of mine. I also had keep Josh Anderson at bay. That man has been a leaf killer since his days dating back to the Columbus blue jackets continues to do so. We just saw it happen again like a week ago, basically, mm-hmm. here in Toronto against the Maple Leafs in the preseason. Now it's preseason, so it didn't matter as much. But now it really does matter. Now you got to make sure you keep that guy off the board. And Remember what happened last year in the season home opener? They didn't keep that guy off the board, and it really came back to bite them. So uh, for me, Josh Anderson, keep him at bay. Absolutely, Suzuki, Caulfield, all of those guys. If they can hold them off the scoreboard, I think at least have a good chance to, uh, to open the year with a win. That was one of my keys as well. Another one that I had, Dave, is overwhelm that Habs blue line. I think I look back to last year, and I believe I had a similar take. Uh, going into the first game. And that was, hey, this is a very inexperienced blue line. Lean on them a little bit. uh, Get in hard on the forecheck. Try and force turnovers. And then, you know, dump pucks in, grind in the corners, win some battles, and funnel rubber on goal. Force them to defend. Make it difficult for them. So I think that's one thing that Toronto uh, should be doing against uh, kind of uh, uh, an underwhelming blue line.
1: What's yeah, mine, mine was kind of similar, but mine was just like relentless pressure in the offense zone. Get those long looks in the offense zone. Like when I watched the Leafs in preseason against the Red Wings, what impressed me was how long those shifts were in the offensive zone. How yeah. they're able to just keep sustained pressure. This blue line that the Habs have is not only inexperienced, as you mentioned, but also just not not great. They don't have a lot of mobility.
0: Let me, let me pull it up for those who are watching on YouTube. This is the blue line that they are currently uh, rolling with here for the Maple Leafs. You've got Michael Matheson and David Savard as the top pair, Caden Gooley and Jonathan Kavachevik as the second pair, and then Jordan Harris and Arbor Jacki as the third pair. That's the group that the Montreal Canadiens are expected to try and hold off the Maple Leafs. Sorry, but to me, that's not a like you've got a third pair and then, you know, some question marks, right? Some six, seven type guys. There's not a very good defensive unit. And Toronto, very solid team offensively. They should be able to capitalize. They brought in dudes like Tyler Bertuzzi. They got guys like Matthew Nyes and now Max Domi for a reason. Go into the corners, win some battles, and then try and grind it down. You know, cycle the puck a little bit and then funnel it out in front. I think mean, if they can do that against this blue line, they should be able to score some goals against this group here tonight and come away with the victory.
1: Yeah, I think that like that's got to be a key for them. Just get them moving. Get that blue line. Get those defenders moving. Don't yeah, let them them out because they're gonna. And like you look at Davis you know he's gonna try to block as many shots. Right. You got to get those guys moving as much as possible. So I think that's gonna be key. And a final one here for me. Make use of the of the power play and stay au- stay out of the box too. I think mean, that's like special teams for the Leafs. It, it it makes or breaks them in a lot of games.
0: It's okay. Simon Benoit is not in there. We're good.
1: We're good. Yeah, I I literally <laughs> saw that guy take three penalties in one game. Thank you very much for that for not having him in the lineup for that. But I do think like the Habs, the, especially on even on the power play, like when they played Montreal, that that shorthanded goal they gave up. Just like very loose, careless. Have more purpose on the power play, especially Montreal. Like teams now are going for offense shorthanded. That's the new thing in the NHL. The Leafs are gonna be doing that with Matthews and Marner on the ice together. So you gotta be I think just play with more purpose on special teams, especially with the power play. Yep. Um for
0: me also one other thing. Stay on top of Pucks, right? This blue line, when when they start chasing games, when you start getting into that penalty trouble, let's not have that happen. Stay on top of Pucks and make sure that you keep guys in front of you, not behind you. Don't let the youth and speed get in behind the Leafs D and then leave Samsonov out to dry. Although he had really good numbers last year at home, had a 198 goals against that home and a 927 save percentage. I was looking into those numbers today. That guy was a rock when he was at Scotiabank Arena. He doesn't need to uh to be tested <laughs> that much, I don't think, by this Montreal Canadians lineup. So why don't we, you know, make sure that he doesn't get over exhaust himself, uh, stay on top of Pucks, play solid defense, and uh, you know, win some battles in front of the net as well. That's what we want to see from the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. And don't get pushed pushed around either. Guys like Josh Anderson do not get pushed around by by guys like that uh when it comes to the, uh, the Montreal Canadiens. All right, those are the keys to the game for us. If the Maple Leafs can do those things, they should come away with the victory. And uh, hey, if you feel good about it, if you feel good about it, you could go and place a wager over on uh, on FanDuel. That is something that could be done. Um, currently, the Leafs are big-time favorites over on FanDuel. So maybe, uh, maybe you want to place a wager if you would like. All right, Dave. We'll put this to the side for now. We're excited about tonight's game. Actually, wait. First and foremost, they win tonight. What's your of prediction? Course.
1: Yeah. um, I'll go 4 2 Leafs.
0: I was. See, I was going to go for. I'm going to go 4 1. 4 1 Maple Leafs.
1: As long as when you let me go first, man. <laughs> I
0: know. I know. 4 1 Leafs, Austin Matthews, pots. Not one, but two goals tonight. Two goals. From Austin Matthews, he's got nine goals in six opening night games. I think, uh, and he's sitting on goal goal 299. So his next goal is number 300 too. So I think he does at the very least get to 300 tonight. That is uh that's a prediction that I'll, I'll take to the bag. I feel comfortable with that one. All right. On the other side, Dave, let's get into these over unders. I know we're predicting Matthews to score one goal tonight, but how many goals will he score throughout the season? We'll answer that question and more when we come back. Uh, Dave, first, have a word from one of our show sponsors.
1: Yep. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to take care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping to ha- that you have access to medication in an emergency. But you can actually go and get all that handed to you by Jace Medical Professionals. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation, licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving eye products today from Jace Medical by using my code. Locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That a s e medical.com
0: Hello, and welcome back into the Locked On least podcast. It's Mike Distefano and Dave Morisuti. Um it's a fun day. Opening night uh for the Maple Leafs is always a good time. Um, you know you can kind of feel the buzz starting to build. You saw last night; definitely, it was a great, uh, great game to watch. I watched the Connor Bedard bowl. I watched the whole game. He got his first point, and they got the win. A few months later, after basically eliminating the Pittsburgh Penguins, Chicago went back into their home rink and beat the tar off him again. Came back, scored four unanswered to come back and win that game. It was a wild, wild night for Connor Bedard to start his career.
1: Nick Felino and Corey Perry, the alt the dynamic duel for the Blackhawks.
0: Yeah, I believe they uh
1: they this is game winner and on the empty netter too.
0: And the empty netter, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So hey man. Couple of old uh old dudes out there. They're character guys, but they can still produce. They can still produce. Um, what are the leaves gonna produce for us this year? Well, let's chat about it here, Dave. This is one of my favorite segments that we do here on the Lockdown Lease podcast. I've been doing this ever since I started this show. What are we on season four or five now? Um, you've been with me for a couple of years here, but it's something that I I love to do, and it's our annual over and unders segment. So we're gonna take a look at you know a bunch of statistics from players and and the teams. Um, and basically, guess if we believe they're going to go over or under the number. Some of these numbers have been provided to us by uh, FanDuel as well, so you can go and make those wagers um, right now if you want to go uh, and, and do so. You can do that. The official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. And let's start with Austin Matthews because they've that's really what everybody wants to know. Can he have a bounce back year? I know he only he scored forty goals last year. What a bum! What a bum, right? What a bum. The over-under on FanDuel right now is set at 50 and a half. Do you see Austin Matthews getting back to being a 50 goal scorer this season? Over-under 50 and a half.
1: I would go over, and the reason why I think that is, this is the first year he's coming in without any health concerns. There was no off-season procedure that he's recovering from. We remember what happened last year, and how many times he's gone into a season where he hasn't been fully healthy. He's played, but we know he was dealing with something last year. I think it was a wrist injury. Was that last year? Was that two years ago? See, I'm... I I feel like he was healthy to
0: start last year, but then he got banged up real early on in the season. And I remember it was like that game against Dallas, he took a hit. And I think he'd been laboring for a while. And then he started to miss some games. Um, But regardless, I think I'm with you where I'm willing to take the over on this as well. Because, look, if Austin Matthews can stay healthy, and this is with the assumption that he plays an 80, 82-game season, we've seen what this guy can do. Like, he scored 62 years ago. He's more than capable of scoring 50. So for him to get to 51, 52 goals, I think we could see it happen for sure. And especially if Mitch Marner is going to be on his line, is going to be his line mate and line buddy for a majority of the season. Uh and just setting him up. I think that's going to be great for him. And look, man, last year, I remember it took him a little bit to find timing. It felt like he was just, just a little off oh. on a lot of his shots, um, on the one-timer, on the power play, wherever it was. This year, I think when he scored that power play goal the other day against Detroit, I was like, okay. It looks like timing is, is is here. He's ready to roll, ready to rock, ready to score some goals. So I think that he'll start scoring uh, early and often. I think he eclipses the uh, the 50.5 goal mark as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's – I think really the only thing that's helped Austin Matthews back from ever scoring, remember, like, he would always get 40. Can he get to 50? Obviously, he gets to 60. Health was always the concern. It's not just how many games he's played. And the pandemic. Uh, those, yeah the How many of those games was he actually healthy for? Because yeah. we know he's always dealing with something. He's always a guy that gets whacked in the wrists, hands, takes those shots. And he also blocks a lot of shots, too. That takes your toll um, as well on a player. So, yeah, let's just hope health is on his side. And the return to 50 goal, Austin Matthews.
0: Do we see a return of 40 goal, William Nylander? We're setting the over-under at 39 and a half. Does he go back to back with 40 goals, Dave?
1: Ooh. I'm gonna say he's gonna just be shy of 40. Mm. So shy. Um, especially if at some point he goes back. Like if they put him back at third line center, I'm wondering what that's gonna do to his uh to that what will give him I hopefully a boost if you're looking to maybe put in for 40 plus is that he's prominently in a shooting position on the power play. But we also know that the puck goes to Austin Matthews quite a bit on the power play. So I think he's just shy. I think he's in that 35 to 39 goal range. I think it's going to be very close.
0: Yeah, I see like 38, 38's a number that just popped into my brain. Um, but for a different reason, and mine is just simply look who he's lined up with. And if, if, if that is what we end up seeing for, for majority of the season is him on that second line with Tavares and Max Domi. I'm not as sold that he's going to be able to replicate the offense he did last year. Big reason for why William Nylander was able to get to the 40 goals last season is because he was playing on a line with Austin Matthews for 40% of his time on ice. And he drew in a lot of, defenders and allowed you know Nylander to get shots off he's the one who's dishing pucks over to Nylander when they were together and he was the primary goal scorer another reason why Matthews goals total was under a little bit because he was playing with the trigger man in William Nylander so I think if Nylander is playing away from Matthews and he's playing on a line with Tavares we already know that that line does struggle and for that reason I think 40 was a big big-time goal for him. It is a contract year, however. That's the one thing that is, yeah. you know, when it comes to Nylander, when he wants to turn it on, he can be a top-tier talent in the National Hockey League. Maybe because it's a contract year and he could walk himself into free agency. If he put up another 40-45 goals this year, man, that guy's going to garner a lot of cash this offseason. But um, I, um I think it finishes just under Just under.
1: Yeah, I think I I agree with that, too. All
0: right. Austin Matthews over under points. 95 and a half. This line provided to us by FanDuel.
1: 95 and a half. That's uh, that's quite a line there. So when he scored 60, he had 106 points, and he had 85 last year. I'm going to go... I'm going to go over and the reason why I'm saying that is he's got a better finisher on his line with Tyler Bertuzzi there. Like if he's getting back to that 5 on 5 production, that's made him one of the best scorers in the league. Tyler Bertuzzi's going to play a part in that. Mitch Marner should hopefully play a part in that as well. So I think I think there's a good chance of that, especially if he gets back to 50 goals. He's going to be hovering in that 90 to 95 range easily.
0: That trio could combine for like 110 goals this year. I wouldn't be shocked if those three play, if they end up playing most of the season together, if those three and that like that line finishes as the top scoring line in hockey. So we saw Mitch Marner develop a scoring touch, you know, last couple of seasons, just the willingness to actually shoot the puck now you know, and he has the confidence to do so finally scoring on the power play, which is something that he remember he won like a hundred games without a power play goal. It was something absurd like that. And now he's got like, you know, a bunch since, but um, now you add in a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi, who to your point, he can finish, right? Bunting wasn't necessarily a big time goal scorer yet. He was able to pot, you know, 22 goals or whatever the last couple of years, but, Bertuzzi's guy who can get you 30, right? So you get 30 out of Bertuzzi, you get 30 out of uh, Marner, you get 50 plus out of Matthews. Dude, that trio could get you well over 100 goals this season, which would be, I mean, fantastic for the Maple Leafs if that were to be the case. Um, I'm going to go the over. I'm going to take the over as well. Uh, 95 and a half. I think he clears it. I think Matthews probably reaches 100. I, I think that he does reach uh, the 100 point mark. But does Mitch Marner reach the 100-point mark for the first time in his career, over-under set at
1: 99.5? I do. I, I He was so close last year. If he maybe played in those games that they decided to sit him, he would have been 100 points. I really do think that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's such a tough line. Mitch Marner was unbelievable last year. Like There were times where, you no, know, I was thinking to myself, man was Matthews really that good or like did Marner have a lot to do with that 60 goal season that Austin Matthews had like a lot of the times when Marner was away from from Austin he wasn't scoring as much uh Austin that is and, and I just he always seems to to make the best out of whoever he's playing with that being said I'm gonna take the under I'm going to take the under um just slightly though I think he's still Ends up in the ninety-seven, ninety-eight range, and just under hundred points. He hasn't done it yet. He hasn't done it yet. So,
1: been I close. think uh, Last two years.
0: I know he's been close, but he hasn't gotten there. And until he does, I think I'm comfortable saying the under should uh, could hit. So I'll two care. years
1: ago, he was three points away, and he had missed ten games.
0: I know, I know, I know. Last year, I think he missed a game or two. Technically, if I recall, there was a game late in the season last year too where I think they took an assist away from Marner or they didn't give it to him for whatever reason. And if they would have given him that assist, which I believe he should have had, he would have got 200 points. But that's neither here nor there. He can argue about that one. Um,
1: If you have bonuses that pay out $100 100, or for hundred points, I'd be arguing for that. How many people betting on a hundred points for Marner last year were pissed about that too?
0: I'm sure a lot. I'm sure a lot. All right, we'll keep it rolling with the point totals before we get into some of our, you know, miscellaneous uh, categories, and then our team stats. Uh, Matthew Nyes, though, I'm curious what you think he can get up to this year. Forty nine and a half. That's that's the over under I've placed on Matthew Nyes.
1: Forty nine and a half. I'm gonna go with the under if he's gonna stay on the third line.
0: Is he gonna stay on the third line?
1: I I just don't know. Like it seems like you are gonna give
0: projection. You gotta project. What do you think happens?
1: I think he's gonna go under. I think he's gonna be in like that forty-five point range, mm-hmm. personally, because you know he's not getting taught. He's not going to be getting a lot of power play time he's got to get a lot of that production at five on five. And that's a lot of lot to ask if you're not going to be getting prime minutes, right? If he was in the top, like if he was cemented in the top six, you can make the argument for him to get that. I just don't know if I could see that. And like, that's a lot. Like if he gets 50 points, that's a fantastic rookie season for him.
0: Oh dude, it would be unbelievable. Um, Yeah. Like the, the, the point and and you brought it up and then I'm glad you did. No power play time. You will be on on second unit, but we know how, how this team operates or how they have operated in the past. Yeah. You get about a minute 45 at the top unit, and then you get like 20 seconds max if you're the second unit on a power play. Um, so you've got to rely on him getting 50 points at at five on five. It's tough to do in this league, man. Really tough to do. Like I remember a couple of years back, uh, Michael Bunting did do it. where He finished the year with 56 points, I think, at five on five. But that was on the top line alongside Marner and Nylander. So unless he gets a promotion up the lineup at some point, um, or Marner and Matthews rather, unless he gets a promotion up on the, onto the top line at some point, yeah, it's going to be difficult for him to to eclipse the fifty mark. But if he ends up to you know with forty five, forty six goals, like twenty two goals and you know twenty three assists or whatever for for a forty five point rookie campaign, shoot, I think that's pretty good. Pretty good for Matthew Nyes. If most of that production is going to come at five on five, that would be uh, that'd be a solid campaign for the Rook. All right, let's get to some of these other miscellaneous ones that we've got here. Dave, we got to kind of speed things up a little bit more. Uh, Ryan Reeves fights over under three and a half. I'll go over. No he- explanation, just. I, Just gonna I, I
1: think there's going to be times where teams are going to try to take liberties and he's got to make a statement. So I think, I think four is a safe number for him this year.
0: So he had seven fights last year, but he hadn't had four or more fights prior to that since 2017, 2018. It's not a fighting league anymore. True. I'm going to take the under. I think three is the magic number for Ryan Reeves. I think he gets into three scraps, and they'll be strategically placed. But three scraps is the number for me.
1: He might that's even cool. get into a fight tonight with like Jacky or something like that. Like that's cool. like that there. Are team, there are going to be players that he's going to have to send a bit of a message to. I think that's what they want him here to do as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's what he's, that that is exactly what he's here to do. All right. Fraser Minton, games played over under nine and a half. Under. You don't think he makes it through. I
1: I don't see the Leafs. You know, like it's just different when you go from preseason to regular season. I would be surprised like if he unless he's going to be playing the full season here. I don't know if it benefits him to play. Like, let's say they do 20 games and they send him down like well, you do have to think about the contract and burning the ALC he's i think i could see them sending him to the world juniors and things like that potentially if if the development is how i think it's going to happen which is that i i think they're going to give him that opportunity to see what he can do but ultimately it's just a different beast when it's full time nhl you know it's different when it's the regular season
0: i'm going to I'm going to take the opposite approach. I'm going to be an optimistic person. Unlike you, Mr. Debbie Downer, I'm going to go over the nine and a half games and I'm with you. It's, it's, you know, it'd be pointless for him to play 20 games throughout the season. Then maybe send him down. Of course they have to be sure after nine games, is this guy with us for the rest of the year or not? That is realistically what the situation is. He's either with us for the rest of the year. And he's a full-time NHLer, or, He's not, we're going to send him down and he's going to continue to progress in the WHL. He'll be a star for team Canada at the world juniors. And then he'll come in next year and compete for, you know, three C once again, those are the two avenues that I see, you know, Fraser Minton going in this year. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say that he continues to prove, Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready for the show. You know, I can play a two way game. I am relentless. On the puck, I can hound things down. I can back check. I can forecheck. I even got a little bit of a scoring touch, and I can make some plays. I think Fraser Minton is one of the team's best 12 forwards. At least he showed us to this point that he is that. And um, they don't really have like a traditional third-line center anyways. So if they have Fraser Minton just become that, that makes his team way more lethal, in my opinion, and much deeper as well. So I'm gonna be optimistic and say that it does happen. He does shock the world, shock Leafs Nation, and Fraser Minton will be a Maple Leaf for the whole season. Uh, certainly clear that nine and a half game mark. Austin Matthews blocks over under at eighty eight and a half. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Seventy eight and a half.
1: I was gonna say eight and a half That's uh that's quite a quite a lot of them. So he had 92 last year. Or sorry, 92 last year. 62 the year before that. I'm going to go under. the old, Now, him playing on the Pelican Hill will change that potentially. It's just 92. That's a lot of blocks, and I think it took a toll on him as the year went along. I think he's going to have to be a little bit smarter about how many blocks he has. So I think he's going to be in that like 70 to 80 range.
0: I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I think that uh, I just think it's an important part of the game. And Austin Matthews, I think, is is buying in and realizes, hey, this is what I need to do to help this team win some games. And you're right. If he's going to play any amount of penalty-killing time, uh, he's definitely more prone to block more shots than he did a year ago. So I, I think, you know, you look at last year leading all forwards in uh, block shots last season. I think he, he could do it again and even more. With some with some penalty killing time. So for me, I like Austin Matthews uh over the number of 78 and a half. Uh speaking of uh, a star offensive player who's got some star defensive qualities, Mitch Marner led the league in takeaways last season with a hundred and four. I'm setting the over-under at ninety-nine and a half. Can he replicate his takeaway numbers from a season ago, Dave?
1: Oh um, yeah, I can see that. I, I'll go. I'll. I'll go over on that. He's especially on the penalty kill. That's where he gets the, most of the most of his takeaways too. Right. So, I. I think it, again, you talk about an important part of the game. I think players have gone so much smarter with how they pick pockets of players, and especially defensively too. I think Marner's been really sneaky about it too. So yeah, I think I can see him doing that again.
0: I'm gonna take the under. Just uh, slightly under. That was a lot of takeaways <laughs> from Warner last year. That was a lot, um, and, and there's a couple of players, you know, on the team that could probably take some of those numbers away from him too. Right, like Tyler Bertuzzi could take some pucks away. Mid, you know, Max Domi potentially. You know, you look at what they've got, you know, on the blue line. and I'm, I'd say it's a bit of a high number, hundred takeaways. So I'm gonna take uh, take the under there. Couple goalie stats here quickly, Dave. Ilya Samsonov, same percentage over under 915 and a half.
1: I'll go over because I think he's going to be in like the 920 range.
0: Wow. So he was 919 last year. So you expect basically the same. I think so. I'm actually gonna take the under. I'm going to take the under. I am going to take the under. Um, not a whole lot under, but like 913, 914, maybe even 915 on the dot. But goals are being scored at a much higher rate nowadays. And I think Ilya Samsonov had a terrific season last year, maybe even punched a little bit above his weight. Um, hasn't looked the greatest so far through training camp. I'm hoping that all changes tonight, obviously. Um, but maybe we don't see, you know, 930 30 say percentage at home <laughs> every single night so I'm thinking perhaps just the tad under that uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under and, and take the opposite of view on that one Joseph wall games played over under at 27 and a half
1: um I'm gonna go over because I don't think they want to play Samson of more than Like, I think 55 is, like, the most they'll want to play him, but I think they don't want to even play him that much. I I don't think they want want to play him that much either. I think they want to keep him in that 45 range.
0: I think, like, 48 to 51, very random number, but 48 to 51, which would put Joseph Wall over the number.
1: Yeah, and, and the big one here for me, too, is, I think it was Overdrive that I was talking about this, where, like, sastonov had to win the starter job over Matt Murray. And yeah. obviously with injuries, he got to play more. But there was there was a little bit of drop-off with how many games and maybe he gets a little too loose and comfortable. And I think they're gonna want to push him with Joseph Wall. I think that's like Joseph Wall is like the perfect guy to do that because one has a contract for next season, one is fighting for a contract. So I think they're gonna pit the two against each other a little bit here.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would think that being a contract year after not getting the bag this season would be enough motivation for him to, you know, have another great season and replicate what happened a year ago. But, um, you know, I, I did listen to that overdrive clip as well, where basically they were saying, you know, Murray was competition for him. He had to beat him out. Now there's no one to beat out. So is he getting too complacent? Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen this year. I think that was the the crux of that uh, that that conversation, if I recall correctly. All right, some team stats here, Dave. Least power play over, under 25 and a half. I'm
1: going to go over. I, I Like, I think this is a team that even if they get to like 26, that's roughly in their range. Like, this is a totally doable.
0: They are, So they had 26% on the nose a season ago.
1: Yeah, like I think that's what they're capable of. And like, I think they want to do better than that. Like with Guy Boucher that he wants them to be more aggressive on the power play and not just be so stagnant like we've seen them in years past I think the addition of John Klingberg hopefully will push teams to respect that point man a lot more I think change the dynamic a little bit of this of this power play
0: yeah uh I agree I totally agree I think there's there's we're seeing power plays being executed at a higher rate than we used to. So 26 is is the new 22, I think, uh, potentially real soon. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think they go over the number as well in both. So one of the league's best power plays for a third straight season. Uh, goals by defensemen over under 29 and a half. How many goals do you think we see by blue liners this season?
1: I'm going to go under.
0: So last year they had 27.
1: And like that was because Timothy Lilligren led them in goals. I understand John Klingberg's here, but he's not a huge goal scorer either. I don't know if that's gonna be what they you think I think
0: Morgan Riley's good only gonna get four goals again, though.
1: No, I think he'll get an increase. I do think that. I think even like around eight for Morgan Riley, I think is a safe bet for him. I think
0: Brody only scored twice. Probably expect a little bit more from him.
1: Brody's not shooting a lot. That's the thing. Like, and it's not like he's joining the rush and getting him. Like, it's so much. Like, I think people need to understand it. it's so much harder to score from the point. Yeah. That a lot of these defensemen that are scoring either are pro, like prolific shots from the point, or they're in the rush and they're getting those chances off the rush. That's where the Morgan rallies and the maybe Timothy Lilligrins can thrive. But, like, I'm not expecting Jake McCabe to score a heck of a lot. He's not the best shooter. Geo. Can barely hit the net sometimes, from what I've seen.
0: What about though? You're forgetting potentially at some point Connor Timmins could come back into the fold.
1: I mean, he could he could come back into the fold and just damage that. Built like my prediction. I'm
0: taking the over, man. I'm taking the over. I think we see more offense on the blue line this I think year. You right?
1: need to see more offense for blue line. I truly do yeah. believe that. But it's going like these guys are going to have to really step up their game it's like they're shooting especially
0: yeah i just think that like 27 goals last year was really low like that's a that's low cool. amount of goals i mean really super low like
1: who Lill- even are
0: even like Logan led the league like led, or led the team in, in goals by a defenseman. that's that's your third pair defenseman who was in and out of the lineup all year like, like I I think- gotta expect to get better numbers from everybody else this season
1: I've seen defensemen who aren't even like big goal scorers can get 10 goals on their Dude, own. Riley scored 20
0: goals like 4 years ago. I don't
1: well, think he's sure. going to
0: score 20, but like Riley could easily get 10 to 12 goals himself. When all of a sudden can the rest of them get you 18? I would mm-hmm. think so.
1: I do want to see I do want to see Riley be a more of a factor off the rush. That's oh. where I think like he if he get if you get Morgan Riley down low, he's got a very good shot when he's close in.
0: Need playoff mo. Need to unlock playoff mo early and often this year. That's for sure. All right. Um individual and team awards slash trophies this season. Over under one and a half. Uh I'll go over. Which ones?
1: I think Austin Matthews can threaten to go for the Rocker Richard. I think maybe Mitch Marner has more of a chance at the Sulky now that Bergeron's gone, and he can't just automatically win that award for being in the league, although he deserves it quite often. It'll be between him and Esher, I think. Yeah. Um. I also think like if Austin Matthews is back to where he was before, he could challenge for the Hart. He can challenge for the Ted Lindsay. Like those are ones there. And I want to see this team try to go for a president's trophy. That should be the goal. Get yourself, I know that you yesterday and our if you didn't listen to our NHL prediction show, you should. Um, I think you had New Jersey as like one of the top teams in the league.
0: I yeah, and New Jersey winning the president's it's, trophy, I think.
1: Like that should be a goal for this team. They haven't really been in that president trophy conversation. I think that's something that they should should thrive for this year.
0: Should you're you're absolutely right. They should. Are we considering a division title as an award or a trophy?
1: I mean, you do get a trophy at the end of it.
0: But you get a banner. Is that a trophy?
1: Well, there's a president's trophy. Like there is legitimately. a Oh, presence.
0: but like the division. Like if they win the the Atlantic
1: division, oh, no. not the president's trophy. No, no, I don't consider. No, I want to see. Don't, I'm not a fan of division banners, too. Personally, <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> um, man, Keith, does Keith have a shot?
1: I don't think so. They always go with the coach who overachieves when the team was supposed to underachieve, or there's going to be like hockey writers don't like going for the obvious picks and a lot. Like, yeah. show kind of could have won bef- like prior to the like this season he's had a good chances and then he's missed out
0: i think i'm gonna take the under man i think i'm gonna take the under they didn't win any last year
1: no they didn't and i could see... run it was their best chance to win one last year
0: yeah and i think he finished second in selkie voting maybe third in selkie voting he was um you sure yeah i think so and i think he could finish most likely behind he sure again this year so there's that man just what you've got Connor McDavid doing like that guy scored scored 65 last year, 66 mid sixties. Like that's going to be tough for Matthews to win any award off that guy.
1: He's got the money. He's gotten paid now. He doesn't have to worry about that. He's got, he secured the bag
0: and now you're making my argument, pal. Now you're making my argument. I think I'm going to go under, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. All right. The last one, the one that's most important. 104 total points. This line is courtesy of FanDuel.
1: I'll go over,
0: way over, way like, over.
1: Like that's that's one I'm comfortable saying. If I'm at anybody even trying to figure out what to bet on this season, I, I comfortably can say the least will get more. Like you can talk all you want about their playoffs and how they play in the playoffs. This is a team that always gets points in the regular season. Yeah and
0: it's a team that leaves a lot of points on the board like they had 11 overtime and shootout losses last year a lot of those coming into teams under 500. um which is wild to me to even it's just they went 15 and 11 uh or 15 8 and four against teams under 500 last year it's got to be a better record they got to improve that a lot
1: and of- Last time in a full season that the Leafs didn't have more than 100 points, they had 100 points in 2018-19.
0: Yeah, so I think 104 is uh, a decently low bar to clear for a team that's talented, a team that, as we've both stated, could compete for a President's Trophy. Need a heck of a lot more than 104 points, 105 points to win a President's Trophy. So We're
1: looking on the 120 to 125 range to get a presence Trophy.
0: Yeah, I'm hammering that over uh, at FanDuel. Alright man, that was fun. We'll reconvene at the end of the season and see who was right. It's always fun to hear like our rationales and then have them be completely wrong by the end of the year. That's always a lot of fun. Lots of fun. Do you have one that uh, I didn't think of that you thought of that, you know, is a quirky one that we could really
1: quickly throw out there? Oh, You're you're the over-under guy. I'm not really... Yeah. (sighs) Okay, so last last
0: year we saw six new additions at the deadline over under two and a half. I'll go over like rostered. Yeah. Additions.
1: I think so. I think they're going to upgrade that blue line in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. And who, depending on what happens with Minton, you said third line center role. They might look at that as well.
0: You're right. You're right. Could be there's still some holes on the team to fill. That's uh, that's absolutely the truth, my friend. All right, this is fun. Um, we got a game tonight, man. I'm excited for it. Uh, enjoy it tonight, folks. That'll do it for us here tonight, uh, today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown These Podcast. On all podcasts and platforms. I receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck Fellow Dave at D underscore More Studio and follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you enjoyed this video, go ahead smash that like button. Let us know down below some of your over-unders. That that's uh, that'll be a lot of fun too to hear what the fans have to say about uh, what we you know what we think potentially could happen with the Maple Leafs this season. We'll be back with another episode for y'all tomorrow. We will be breaking down game one of the Toronto Maple Leafs season. Enjoy the game tonight, folks. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. Until then, keep locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.